Welcome to the Arrest All Mimics podcast with your host Ben Talon. Hello and welcome to Arrest All Mimics. My name is Ben Talon. I am your host. This is the Original Thinking and Creative Innovation podcast. How is everyone? Hope you're all good. Hope you're all enjoying nice creative pursuits. Today's weather is sticky ink pissing you off on your scanner bed that won't even come off with a scourer. We've all been there. Maybe I have. Tell me if you have. (laughs) And knackered rugs that you find in studio corridors with a little bit of paper saying, please take me. Yes, it's a pretty rare weather report today, but that's the way we do it on Arrest All Mimics, because I used to bang on about the weather at the start of every show without ever planning to do so. It just fell out of my mouth, maybe because I am English. Who knows? Kingsley's going to tell us about that later on. Today's guest, Kingsley Nebecci, came over from Italy when he was 14, and was thrown into a whirlwind of school buses full of English kids with accents, confused, adapted brilliantly and now does awesome illustration and he's got his own book out that we're going to talk about a little later on. Um, But first, I hope everyone's good, hope you've all got cool stuff coming up. Uh, I'm going to be speaking at the London Design Festival twice over the next few weeks, uh, in September in fact, talking with Arts Thread at the V&A on Friday the 23rd of September uh, about marketing yourself digitally on a zero budget and about my own career path so come down say hello be a part of the event it's going to be an awesome thing going on also talking the previous friday sorry not the previous friday sunday the 18th with designers block i'm doing a talk on play and why we abandon play outside of primary school when we get into secondary school we get turned into squares by a shitty education system i'm going to be talking about why it's important to stay to keep hold of those childhood dreams and and keep playing like you do when you're a kid and actually why it's led me to a few dream clients. Um, so that's that. I hope you guys are all good. I hope you've all been doing really um, interesting work, building the portfolios. I hope the graduates are getting on well. I hope you're not dreading September too much. If it's the first time you're not going to be back in uni. That's... Um, Always a, always a tricky one. I struggled massively over the first six months, um, which I've actually written a, a column about <clears throat> for Printed.com, who I'm now doing a brand new column for. Uh, that's going to be out soon, the first one. It's about freelance advice, freelance lifestyle, all the things that I know best to write about. So those guys have been fantastic. So without dragging, let's go into the sponsors. And we'll start with those guys, because usually I put them last. But for today, we're going to put them first, thanks to the, the uh, organic flow there. <laughs> Um, really cool sponsor, really supporting the arts. Go and have a look at their blog. They're featuring loads of awesome projects. Uh, I'm pretty sure if you're doing something cool and they like what they see, they'll feature you. So get some stuff sent over. Not only do they do awesome pretty material, but they support artists, creatives, illustrators, designers by featuring all their projects. So go and have a look at what they're up to. Uh, they might even feature what you're doing. Really cool work from those guys. Um, so today's guest, Kingsley Nebecci, he has recently brought out a book called Tribe Hunters, and we're going to talk about that and explain all that further into the show, but it's a beautiful piece of printed work, and Kingsley designed everything himself, got everything printed, and then went to get it bound. So as far as printing, uh, it's a minefield. We all struggle with colour profiles and everything else, but printing.com are absolutely fantastic. I, I work with them all the time. I do all my printed promo for the show with printing.com, which is how the relationship came about. I went to them and told them that, and they said, well, that's cool, you're doing some awesome stuff with the podcast, so let's work together and support it. So it's a really cool relationship. And look no further than those guys. So Kingsley brought me a copy of his book, which is beautiful, and just all the different finishes on there, you can get any of that stuff going on at printed.com. Um, you go and find a binder. I don't think they do book binding, but they do everything else. So all the cool finishes, you can get all the pages printed there. They do large format over 90 different products, loads of different finishes. So go and check them out at printed.com. Uh, thanks to them for supporting this show. Um, also, Illustration Web, Illustration Limited, um, the very first sponsor, founding sponsor, still with us, still doing awesome stuff. Go and check them out for anything to do with awesome animation, illustration, set design, children's book illustration, quotes, um, close affiliates with the Association of Illustrates too, uh, who will give you any advice. Um, I'm represented by Illustration Web, and we've had a tremendous relationship over the years. Um, but for those guys who are not in that position with an agent, then the AOI worked very closely with Illustration Web to kind of form the policies and supporting people and contractual advice, any skirmishes with unruly clients, all going on with those guys. So go check out Illustration Limited. Um, and of course, the AOI, if you're not with 
Illustration Limited or another agency. Valuable support we all need. Um, go and check out the portfolios, new section, all stuff there, all cool new new briefs that you can get inspired by. We've got Misled coming up next week, in fact, for part two. She's one of the um, amazing illustrators on the agency. So, um, yeah, so go and check out that and go see what she's been up to recently. We're going to bring you the full story. And last but not least, Heart Internet, providing you with everything to do with Pixel, web, SEO, websites, hosting, all that stuff. Um, don't fall under the illusion that it's anything other than exciting. No, it's not. We know it's not, but it's necessary, and we all have to do our social media. Don't get me wrong, there are days when it pisses me off to be on there, but it's just a necessary evil these days, and I think it's good for our outreach, and it's good for building relationships off the back of meeting people. So go and check out our internet. Um, so, yeah, again, with Kingsley, uh, we met online. I used to rant on a blog. That blog ended up becoming Champagne and Wax Crayons, Riding the Madness of the Creative Industry, which is my debut book. It's a very honest, balls-out account of turning my childhood hobby of drawing into a profession, which is what I've been doing for the last eight years. Um, but right at the beginning, it started out as a bit of a frustrated rant when I wasn't getting as much work as I would have hoped. So what happened was um, I used to put these blogs out there going, oh, it's not as glossy as it all seems on Twitter and on social media and on websites. There's a real side to this. We're all struggling for money. Da, 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 da. And he got quite angry at one point. And Kingsley was one of the first people who would get back to me and give me feedback on the pieces and say, oh, it's cool. I, I relate to that. I get what's going on. I'm there myself. Kingsley was studying in Portsmouth at the time, and he um, emailed me one day saying, "Hey, like, hope you hope you hope you're doing good, bro. Um, are you all right? Like the last piece you posted was pretty uh, pretty down, pretty angry. Just checking everything's cool. So he started up this kind of you know uh, professional relationship and sort of online friendship. And then when I moved to London, we became friends pretty quick, which is when I found out about Kingsley's book, The Tribe Hunters. So the point being, sponsored by Heart Internet, that you need to kind of look what's going on in your circles and engage with people. It's not just about following and followers. It's about looking what's going on there and what these people are doing. If they're putting some cool content, go and tell them. I know for a fact that I was really down on my confidence at that time. And people like Kingsley getting in touch gave me a massive lift. Not just that, but then further down the line, it brought about a great working relationship. And now, you know, we've ended up in the same projects. We did a huge exhibition for the Willow Foundation together. Loads and loads of interesting things and offshoots that happen from these things. So go and engage with people. Let them know what you think of their work. Ask them for feedback on yours. And it's how you build that following. So thanks to Heart Internet for that. Um, so I've mentioned his name enough. Kingsley Nebecci, from Italy originally. Moved to London when he was 14. Awesome illustrator, fantastic designer, multi-talented guy. Really, really cool fella. Came down to the studio to chat to me about his debut book, Tribe Hunters. But the whole backstory is fascinating. Um, when you think that Kingsley arrived here without really knowing the language and was thrust into the London school life, he's responded amazingly. I'm a big believer in kind of challenges like that, that life throws down, building a stronger kind of resolve and... If you look at the fact that Kingsley's gone straight out of uni to work with his dream client, Isle of Dust, working with them, well, for them as an employee, it's absolutely incredible. Now he's got his own book out. He's returned to London after a stretch in Portsmouth. He's doing really, really amazing work all of the time and really inspiring stuff. So just goes to show with these challenges we're all faced with, actually, the response that you make is what makes or breaks you. So it's a really good story, and Kingsley's going to tell us how that felt, integrating into a London school at 14 years old, not knowing the language. He's going to tell us how Tribe Hunters came about, what it means, what it is, what the theme is, and how it was important for him to write this story to form the illustrative characters, these beautiful tribal kind of face-painted people, um, all based on this post-apocalyptic world. He's going to tell us all about how I Love Dust came about and how he juggled his uni work and actually working for them before he'd even graduated. We're going to talk about Portsmouth as a place, um, you know, um, how he chose to go to Union Portsmouth because Isle of Dust were there. That's how much he wanted to work with them. And we're going to talk about the whole idea that you can manifest these ideas in your mind and turn them into realities if you're positive and work hard enough. So it all gets a bit spiritual, yes. <laughs> so, yeah, he talks about working at night because the people who distracted him most are asleep, which made me laugh a lot. Um, and we're going to talk about all that and everything in between. Lovely fella, inspiring bloke. So go and check it out. Uh, have a listen to the conversation. Let me know your thoughts. That's Arrest All The Mix on the Twitter. I've shut down the Facebook account now because I was just managing too much social media and it was pissing me, pissing me right off. So 
I've locked that down now and we're just on the Twitter. I'm keeping it down one channel. Um, email me through my website if you need to get in touch directly, but the Twitter is now the main channel. Hit me up on there. Um, get following and, you know, there we are. That's that's the thing. My own contacts on the website, hello at bentallon.com, so don't hesitate to use that also. Let me know your thoughts on previous shows. The last one was awesome with Jane Boyer talking about feminism, inspiring women in Manchester, um, and her amazing exhibition, Women in Print which is still going on, I believe, to the end of the month. might be finished by the time this comes out, but it's moving on to different venues, including Victoria Wood, Emily Pankhurst, and all these cool designers depicting these inspiring women who've done awesome things. So go and check that out. Ten-year-old freelancer, Liam Gore, went down a tree. There's another one. Go and check out the archive. Shout about the show. Help me out. Leave me a review on iTunes. Nice one, guys. So straight to it. Thanks to the sponsors again. Heartinternet.co.uk, illustrationweb.com, printing.com. Enjoy the show with Kingsley Nabecci. Who did you um, in this so in this book? Who did you uh, model these on, or did you work for um, reference, or is it totally imaginary? Yeah, it's like uh, it, it's, it depends on what I'm drawing. I think um, I like to use reference, but mm. I can also draw without reference. But it takes me a lot longer to do it. Yeah, I think in this situation because um, obviously I was working full time for Love Dust as well. It's one of those situations where you have a, you have an image of what you want in your head. Yeah, and you think, okay, as soon as I get home, I'm gonna literally just draw that and just yeah, get right to <laughs> right down to it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I have to work from reference. It's like I, as a kid, I would sometimes draw from my imagination, but yeah. nine times out of ten, I was drawing portraits of footballers and whoever else. So yeah. I always worked from an image, and I just, I guess, I, I always have done. I suppose I could, like you say, I probably could work from imagination. But it would be more, it, it would be more time consuming because mm. you'd have to. Yeah, I suppose you have to draft and redraft yeah, and, and all that. Exactly, it's like um, it's almost like um, when I used to draw with no reference. You kind of just like do these like divide the page in like different sections just yeah. to get the proportions right, and even that just takes a bit of time, and you just yeah end up waste like wasting a bit of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. Yeah. yeah. So um, so where are you? Well, you're from? You were born in Italy, right? Yeah, Italy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, Siena, which is near Florence. Okay, I've yeah. never been to Florence. So really, I love it's to wonderful out there. Yeah. It's wonderful. So, and did you grow up there or did you move to um, London? Yeah, I was born there and then I moved to the UK when I was 14. Mm. So, almost 11 years ago now. Yeah. That's cool. And um, so, 40, right, okay. So, you, so, do you speak like Italian? Yeah, I still yeah. speak Italian to my parents. I'm trying not to forget it. Yeah. Um, yeah, just kind of just do little things like watching Italian shows. Just yeah. to like mm-hmm. that's good because subconsciously, I guess you'll be soaking mm-hmm. it up still. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I don't know. It's just one of those things. It's just I never want to lose it. It's just. Well, why would you? So I mean, I I would love to speak another language, but actually now with the amount of things I'm doing, finding the time to do that would be very difficult. So yeah. it's kind of like I'm not going to say the ship sailed, but it's like <laughs> if you've got it, keep it. You know, yeah. so that's cool. So did that? So did that have an influence on your on your your work growing up? Um, yeah, totally, totally. I feel like, um, especially the architecture mm. um, and the appreciation for details mm. and stuff. And I always try to do that in my own work as well, like smaller details. I like going back to things and noticing small, like even like tattoos and like specific characters. Like, yeah, I never noticed that before. Kind of like. Yeah, you know, I like people to kind of do that. So I can see that actually, right from the early stuff I saw of your work, there's a, there is a lot of attention to detail, which I think is what is one of its strong points, without a doubt. Mm. I think uh, just things like in this book, which we'll talk about in a bit, you know, the the f- facial tattoos and jewelry <laughs> and all those kind kind of little things. It, it, that's yeah. what captures you. Keep can you know? I guess it can hold your attention yeah. on each one. That's just my take on it. But I think. Oh. Yeah. So is that is that something? So you say architectural? Is that you mean you mean from growing up in a, in a place like Florence? Yeah, like Florence. Yeah. yeah, my dad is an architect as well. So okay, wow. I think that's where my love for drawing comes. Yeah, um, and he used to take me to the to his studio because um, he used to work for a company, and then he, they had this massive office, and then like lots of different tables and stuff, and he used to just bring me there for the day, and I literally just draw random things, um, and I think that's where I kind of like realized I really like drawing. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, I guess you do take your lead, don't you, from the people you encounter early on, yeah, specifically exactly. parents, I guess, yeah. So was your, uh, your mum creative too? or uh, No, but I think um, the reason why I draw so many pat- patterns is because when she um, when she got on the phone to our friends, she used to draw these like patterns on like this 
pieces of paper. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, yeah, she did so many of them, and in like so many different pieces of paper. And I used to look at them and think, like, are you gonna throw this away or just like? Yeah. And so I used to keep them. So the value in those. Yeah, but I still remember them. Like they're still fresh in my mind. Like, mm. and they're very similar to the patterns that like, I I draw. But I didn't really notice until I started drawing the, the patterns for the book. Yeah. And then it's, you can have a mental flashback. Yeah, because it is weird. I mean, I think a lot of people do. I used to, certainly used to do that on the phone, but there's something nice about the, how absent-minded and how yeah. subconscious those um, those patterns are. It's not it's not brief. It's no reason. It's not really. I guess it's just clearing the subconscious while you're yeah, on the phone. Someone exactly. but that'd be a good um, that'd be a good book, wouldn't it? Yeah. Compile all the sort of phone doodles phone of people doodles, yeah. from pre-mobile, pre- <laughs> pre-mobile through phone doodles. Cool. Depending on who you're talking to on the phone as well. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> the land the landline drawings. Maybe yeah. that's what we could call it. On, on hold on hold from your, your mobile. Yeah. Wi-Fi provider, yeah. be like a really messed up pattern, I think. <laughs> yeah. See the anger, yeah. the point where you break through the neighbor and it's just, just like grinding it on the page. Exactly, but I don't know. I get a kick out of um, drawing something for a bit of time and then zooming out and then seeing all the detail and it's mm. like how it's coming together bit by bit. And I don't know. I just love detail. I just like love adding like lots of detail. I like. Yeah. I wish I could just like find an excuse to spend like. A month on like drawing one thing and make it super super detailed. Yeah, but I could never excuse that. I could never just like. Maybe you should. Um, maybe you should sort of get a big, a massive sheet on it. I'll just cover a wall in paper, you know, and then whenever you've got five minutes, or maybe just whenever you are on the yeah. phone, you know, just return to it and return sort of it. and just let it. That's a good idea. Actually, let sure. it happen organically, and then you're not setting a deadline or a project. It's just here's what it is. It's mm-hmm. there, and it, it'll develop over time. And then when you decide it's ready, <laughs> you can start to scan <laughs> it. You know, I don't know, scan, scan it, it, photograph it, however you would document uh, it. Scanning, scanning that big sheet of paper would be like... <laughs> You'd have to photograph the thing yeah. section by section. But yeah, it's an idea. <laughs> so then how was that coming from, uh, from to move from Italy to... Did you move to North London? Uh, yeah, North London, Edmonton. Yeah. Um, I think what I remember from it is getting on a bus... And not understanding a word, people really? were saying. Yeah, it's almost like, I don't know. Did you did you speak English when you came? I didn't. No, um, they teach English in, in Italy, but it's not as like advanced as hmm. you would like it to be. So I understood like keywords, like yeah, you know, the same kind of hello and yeah, all that stuff. But um, yeah, I remember getting on the bus and not understanding a word people were saying. Yeah. It was just like it just sounds like I don't know. It's like really strange but I think over time I think um, the best time to learn English is like when you're in school because mm. like kids will force you to like learn it you yeah. have to like you know and it's not as much pressure I feel yeah god yeah I mean you just can't account for accents either you know getting on a bus and just sort of you know no one t- no one prepares you for Cockney accents or yeah. in my case Yorkshire accents you know, you just can't uh, you can listen to all the tapes you want. You can listen to all the <laughs> Michelle Thompson in the world, but when, it, <laughs> but when it comes to uh, like a, a Cockney accent on a bus, you just got to get stuck in and yeah. sort of learn that there and then. There's no way around it. Yeah. Oh god! So that's interesting. Okay, so so did your well, how, did, why did you move in the first place? Um, my dad just wanted to like work out here. He okay. felt like um, it was a good move for us as well to kind of like in the future, I guess. Mm. So. Um, yeah, he's just got, so he moved he moved over here first and then I kind of lived with my mum for like three years in Italy yeah. and then my dad used to come back like I forgot how often but it's quite often yeah um, and then once he was kind of like ready to move all of us then we kind of just came along okay um, yeah it was an interesting move yeah um, it's funny because my mum was like oh, are we going to go on holiday and I was like oh cool um, it came to like the end of the summer and my mum was like we're not going back and I was like what? It's oh. like, what? You just... You just... <laughs> but yeah, it was pretty interesting. I think it's yeah. like, when you're a kid, you don't really understand things like that. And it's quite, I suppose it's quite a difficult age to move because 14 is not particularly young in terms yeah. of, you know, you you would have been embedded somewhat, I, I imagine, in society yeah. and, you know, and yeah. yeah. But I think once I started school, I was like, this is, this is amazing. Yeah. Yeah, because we moved over summer, so I didn't really know any other kids. But yeah. once school started, it was like, yeah. Of course, is, yeah. yeah. This is amazing. Yeah. So then did you, how did you find school art? <laughs> it was, um, it was just, I don't know. We used to make lots of like 
paintings are like clay pieces. Mm. Um, I remember like my clay piece um, blew up like the day before like the marking thing. When it, it was just... Left yeah. it in the oven too long. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what happened to it. I just came in the day after and was like, oh, you just blew up. And I, I had no idea I could actually do that. So it was, to me, it was just like, it's kind of like the dog ate my homework kind of thing. Like, did it yeah. actually happen? Some, I don't know. It's like, it's just really strange. And, and with um, it, and with it, up in smoke went your ceramics career. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I thought maybe... Maybe let's not talk to that and um, talk to connections about that. Yeah, you know, connections to come to the school and just <laughs> ask us like, "What do you want to do when you're older?" It's like I have no idea. Yeah, you no know, one does. This isn't. Yeah, yeah. yeah I'm not going to go into it again now because I think my listeners will be sick of me talking about it. But I've done a, a, episodes on you know looking at education system and the sort of flaws in that. But it's yeah, you know, it's no one knows at that age. I don't think. Yeah, I think. Tough, I think yeah. there's too much pressure on on teenagers to know what they want to do, and I, nobody mm. does. You might get the odd kid who's good at something and pursues it successfully, but I think yeah. most people it's, it's are just you've just got to play and experiment and find out what's you. You know, you're just trying things out. Because initially, I wanted to be an architect, mm. and my dad was really happy about that. But then once I kind of um, I did this like internship with him, when he made me just like come to his office like nine o'clock every day wearing a suit. And, um, once, once I started like using the programs or like AutoCAD or whatever it's called, I was he just gave me a headache and I was like, I can't, I just can't, like, I can't do this. Like, I remember the first day I was thinking, Dad, I can't really do this. Um, yeah, and I just kind of just realized, like, I think I was doing people's like logos at the time, and I was like, I kind of, I'd rather do, I'd rather do this. Like, I rather do logos and stuff. The image of you sitting there in a suit on AutoCAD—that's <laughs> really, really, that's really tickled me. I can't. <laughs> yeah, he got. I, I mean, I guess you assume is like, oh, he's just—he's just gonna teach me a few things and it'll mm. be fine. But he was like, no, like tomorrow at nine o'clock, wear a suit. See you tomorrow. I guess there's no better way to get a taster of what you don't want to do uh, <laughs> than going and finding out. So I suppose you know, yeah, ceramics know. is done now because of the explosion, exactly. and then architecture. The suit didn't work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it's it's funny because I think you, when we first started talking, you were studying, right? Yeah. Because um, it's funny for listeners um, uh, when what eventually became my book started out as some really kind of angry blog posts, mm-hmm. and Kingsley messaged was one of the people who used to sort of see my posts and respond and there was one really dark one I must have been in a really sort of moody place and <laughs> he messaged me directly saying I'm just checking everything's alright you know you, you sound that that was a bit of a dark one the last one and uh, mm. and we've sort of stayed in, t- in touch ever since which has been really cool because when I first started writing that thing I didn't know what was good writing or you know whether I even could write and there's Kingsley and a handful of other people that used to be kind of regular retweeters and would give me feedback and it was really kind of valuable at that point so Really that was yeah. It was, I guess thanks to the internet, really, that we became friends. But yeah. but yeah. So you were studying, and if I remember correctly, did you you were working too? Because I remember yeah. you did some pretty crazy hours at the time when. We... Yeah, yeah. It's pretty, um, it's pretty intense. Um, University of Portsmouth. Um, mm. The first year was really cool. It was like the typical first year when you just like not turn up to lectures and just like. <laughs> <laughs> um, second year was a bit more kind of like wanted to. I wanted to kind of. Um, have a better idea of what I wanted to do and how I was going to do it. Um, so my whole reason to um, my whole reason uh, for going to Portsmouth Uni was um, to work for I Loved Us, and that's mm. kind of like the whole idea. Um, so the second year, I thought I want to get like an internship there and see how mm. it goes. And what was your degree? Sorry, Is your um, graphic design. Yeah, and and I and I Love Dust are a creative studio. Is yeah, that so right? It's like illustration, kind of um, well, illustration and animation, but. They split into two, so the animation one now is called Gordon Wolf. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I just I just really loved what they were doing, and I mm. felt like is you kind of almost see yourself there. Yeah. Kind of you manifest a dream. Yeah, it's almost like when you go <laughs> like into a shop and you see a jumper, you kind of like picture yourself in it. Yeah. It's kind of like that. Yeah. Well, t- yeah, I'm a big believer in that. I think I think. Uh, if you see that and you really want it, and you know, I think you, over time you gradually start to work towards it. Exactly. So, so you were already aware of them, right? When you went to uni, yeah, yeah. I literally just as I was applying for university, and universities, I came across their website, yeah, and I was like, yeah, this is awesome, yeah. Um, so I thought, yeah, I'm definitely going to Portsmouth, and 
That's really cool. So that had a big influence on your choosing that university. That's yeah. interesting. So you then just decided you were going to target them and you wanted yeah. to be a part of that. It was the opening day, I feel, because um, my lecturer, um, she taught, I think, a few of them. So she, um, there was this part of the presentation where she was like, do you know about Love Dust? Do you know they're like next door? They're literally next door to the uni. Oh, Not right. Okay. By the time yeah. the studio was right next to the, uh-huh. the uni building. So I was like, what? They're just like around the corner. Like, what? Like... And it's just, I think from that, um, from that presentation, I was like, yeah, that's it. That's, I know what I want to do. I'm going to go for it. Yeah. That's really cool. That's really cool. Because not many people will really have that, I suppose. But actually, it's, it's some of the people I've interviewed for this show, um, Rob O'Connor, he was saying, you know, he kind of, similar thing, graduated. I think he, he just went to, he ended up working at a record label quite quickly out of there. He went to design firm briefly, I think for about six months. But then it just, I think he ended up at Polydor Records and it was just one of those things yeah. where he just sort of wanted to do it, love yeah. music, exactly. followed it wholeheartedly and, yeah. and just got in there and, you know, went yeah. in and Books just... become things as well, you know, when you keep saying it to yourself, it's like, that's a really you start good to conduct yourself a certain way. That's probably the best way I've heard that put. I'm a big believer in that too, yeah. I totally agree. And it's happened countless times throughout my career to support the idea that, you know, you can manifest a dream, but then thoughts become things. That's yeah. really nice, that's a really nice way of putting it. Totally. Yeah. So it's, um, so I was kind of like, when I was at uni, I used to do kind of freelance work for local, local businesses. And there was this um, lecturer from Portsmouth, um, Claire Sandbrook. Mm. And she got me to do a poster for a skate park. Um, and I just said to her, like, uh, do you mind like introducing me to the guys I love us? And I think that's when I kind of went to their studio and I kind of realised, like, it's just amazing, like, amazing like not just it's not just the work that's looking really cool it's just the workspace as well and the people mm. there are really cool um so yeah that was just like just the whole beast yeah. it's impressive yeah i mean uh, yeah I, mean, I think a lot i think most people are aware of their work i can't remember where where or when i came across it but as a wrestling fan the the sort of dead wrestler society project that they did really really struck a chord with me i thought it was fantastic and the really dynamic images they yeah, were I really went to cool the exhibition as well i think i was um yeah, yeah i went to the exhibition i remember it yeah, really cool. but they do some really cool stuff. So have they sort of expanded over the time that you yeah, have yeah. known them and then eventually yeah, worked with them? Moved into a bigger studio um, uh, in the meantime and just like expanding into like lots of different art, um, types of work. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's just, it's just good to see like the evolution over four years. It's kind of like, yeah, especially during the time I joined, it's like, it's a different type of vibe and then mm. progress into like something bigger. Yeah. So how did you find how did you find the the balancing act of studying and working on a place? Um, was it a placement that did it become a, a paid position whilst you were at uni still? Um, yeah, so I kind of started as a, an intern over mm. the summer, um, and then once kind of uni came back around, um, I was doing kind of like a part time thing. So I would go in two days a week, but then as they got busier and busier, they kind of asked me to do three days a week. Then mm. four days a week and then it became kind of like a full-time thing when yeah. I would take days off out of dust to go to uni <laughs> tables turned tables turned yeah, turn, yeah. yeah. Um, so yeah I think it's like that experience taught me like a lot about time management it's like you can do a lot of things if you just kind of manage your time right mm. um, so yeah it was. but I can't say it was painless it was just very kind of hectic yeah. I, yeah, I remember talking to you about a few sleepless nights over email and uh, <laughs> yeah, but then I just thought, well, actually though, you know, he clearly wants it. He's switched on. He's doing this, making a lot of sacrifices, and and it turned out all right. You know, yeah. clearly, it's. Um, I think you do have to make sacrifices and put in those hours early on. Yeah, totally. I do. I do it a lot less now. I find at the minute I'm I'm doing a lot more of sort of. I get in half past eight most days, mm-hmm. and then I'm usually gone by half four. Which is it's still a full working day, yet I still yeah, feel yeah, guilty course, yeah. about leaving at that time because <laughs> I, I was, you know, I used to do 12 hours a day as routine. But that's when you start and you, I think when the fire first starts and you're passionate and you think, I've got a real shot at doing this, then that's when you that's kind of go off the edge of a cliff and, it, yeah. and you just really submerge yourself in it. But what's happened over time is I've now started to appreciate, actually, if I manage and focus my time better and, and, yeah, and get my head down when I am working... I'll, I'll remain a little fresher but also I can use that extra time to get, you know I'm in London now so I'm yeah. trying to meet as many people totally. as humanly possible so what's happening now is I'm, I'm chipping off at half four to go to an exhibition <laughs> or I'm meeting someone for a drink every day yeah, but, it's good to do that but it's, it's having major benefits you know mm-hmm. the network's expanding at a rapid rate and totally. so you've just gone freelance right? yeah just gone freelance yeah, yeah I kind of decided to do uh, my own thing 
Yeah. So did you did you feel like you took a lot from the I Love Dust work? Yeah, totally. I think it's like um, it's like a technique, almost like a technique, and a way of working is like, you know, it's just hard work and mm-hmm. being really focused and doing things a certain way. They've kind of got their own thing. Um, they kind of got their own way of doing things. It's like I used to be. I used to take a lot longer to draw things before I started, but then once I kind of started with them, I kind of got it a lot quicker doing things mm. and thinking on my feet and always kind of like, you know, being smart with things. Mm. You know, I used to have this thing where um, if I was kind of spending like three hours drawing something and it wasn't working, I literally just like, I didn't mind just keeping it as it is because it's like, oh, I spent three hours in it. But I think after working at Love Dust, it's like, it's important to make sure something, you just don't give up on something, you keep at it until mm. it's working. Yeah. And I think that's helped me a lot. It's almost like when something's not working, instead of just dropping it and just like leaving it, stay on it. Like keep trying and trying and trying. And then yeah. once you get the final product, you almost feel proud of yourself that you didn't yeah. just give up. Yeah. On it. Completely. It's like we were saying about the uh, the pieces we were just looking at. We're in my studio mm. and I was showing Kingsley some portraits I did of Omar Abdulrahman who's a, a Middle East footballer one of the most famous people in Dubai I think and anyway I do, it was a really nice portrait that I like that I've got on my wall but we didn't use the final one because you know we had to tweak it for a variety of issues to get the brief right and it felt you know when they came back and said that it, like you said it's like oh god you, know, these, <laughs> you kind of lose the enthusiasm a little bit but it's the it's your ability to keep on through that bit and, and see it through and understand why that change needs to be made and then, it, and then ultimately, you know, I loved what happened, what, what, yeah. where it went. And, it just and makes it all... better, doesn't it? It's just like, yeah. um, it's like, okay, this is not working, but I'm good enough to make a new one that's mm. going to look just as good, if not better. Totally, yeah. And I've ended up with a nice little original for myself, yeah. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> which is great. cool. Yeah. So that's cool. So, so you'd so okay, why did you decide to go freelance? Did you want a new challenge? Or... Um, yeah, a new challenge. I never really liked feeling comfortable or feeling like... Um, don't want to say a routine, but it's almost like, obviously after like four years, you kind of um, get into this thing where I know what I'm doing, I know what was expected of me. It's like, it doesn't really feel like a challenge anymore. Mm-hmm. So I like to kind of put myself in a, in a situation where I have to get better. I have mm-hmm. to like move forward and stuff. So um, yeah, I just, yeah. just sort of probably like the right time. To I think it. it's a bold decision, but, but also a good one. You know, change is really healthy. And yeah. I think like you say, it's, you can do that sometimes when you when you get in that company you want to work for it's it, it's brilliant but then like you said how long can that go before you do start to see things come yeah. back around and, and start to repeat themselves and exactly. I think as I mean, it's, it's almost like yeah it's, it's almost like progression like I started as an intern and I was kind of like pretty um, I don't know like getting into it and mm. learning things and then you come to a point where you know quite a lot and yeah you're almost kind of looking after interns, like yeah, and it's just like okay, but I know enough to kind of take a shot at this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, your stuff's evolved at a phenomenal rate over the last few years, which obviously you know will be a lot of it down to that. But also, you know, it was good to begin with, and I think it's good because now you know once you once you get once you are on your own, then you, there is a freedom as well that you know around the briefs you can always yeah you can do what the hell you want really. You're not. If you're working long hours, it's long hours for you, and you reap all the rewards. So that's so, you know one of the big benefits. I've always kind of I don't know why, but I, I, I like I work really well at night. Yeah. Um, I usually I'm thinking is because people that usually distract me are sleeping, but I'm not sure is that or I guess <laughs> I don't know. Just a peaceful time to work. Yeah. Early mornings and nights. I think yeah. Afternoons are just like very difficult for me sometimes. I agree actually yeah I mean I'm like I said I'm in here in the day always but between one and three I'm rubbish I'm really bad like I just you know too many cups of tea and then (laughs) and I just don't know where that time slot goes and then and then when it gets into later afternoon I seem to be firing on all cylinders and right into early evening maybe I should yeah maybe I should change up my working pattern (laughs) but I know what you mean and I know a lot of artists do say that about night time actually as well uni when I was at uni like I could stay up until like four o'clock and get lots of it done but it'll be like three o'clock. It was just felt like a, I was just forcing myself to do something I didn't want to do. It's yeah. Just... <laughs> <laughs> uh, so how did you so did did sort of come into London and growing and and I guess growing into your later teens in London? Did you did that have a, a, a 
did you find that that complemented the influences you'd already picked up in Italy uh, um, creatively or yeah it's just like I think it's like the fashion mm-hmm. um, it's like such a big difference and uh, the way people dress and the way people talk and mannerism and all that stuff um, so yeah it's just such a like big clash of cultures mm. and I feel like I kind of took both of them on board and mixed them up and yeah. added them up and stuff it's a great dual set of influences. I mean, yeah. you know, like you say, you couldn't, the contrast there is massive, but it can only be a good thing, you know? Yeah, it's a good uh, thing. You kind of absorb both of them. Yeah, just... yeah. Well, that's really cool. Yeah, so so obviously that the, the thing that I wanted to, I guess, mainly talk to you about is the book. You've, yeah, the sure. Kings you just brought out this amazing book called Tribe Hunters, which I've just managed to get my hands on, my copy, which I'm really excited about. And... Um, I love the, dis- the description that I pulled from I was looking at it last night and it says in the aftermath of the final war civilization has collapsed nature has begun to reclaim the environment forcing humans to adjust to cities in the ruins and return to the jungles and woodlands amongst the survivors are the tribe hunters a, com- a community of people who combine their varied skills to help each other overcome the challenges of extreme conditions tribe hunters is an art book featuring characters in environments from a post-apocalyptic world I'll let you take it from there <laughs> what was the idea behind this then? um uh, it kind of started as a um, sketch, sketch set of sketches I would do after work. I um, mm. had this idea to draw women and um, kind of like, not necessarily facial tattoos, but like facial paintings and all that stuff. Um, kind of like inspired by like African um, culture. Um, and then over, over time, I kind of like collected four of them. And I was like, okay, like I really like doing this. I'm going to mm. keep on doing it. And then I thought um, I should do a book. Should do a whole book of them, and um, yeah, it's kind of started it like I think I want to say a two year, almost two years ago. Um, but it's kind of like as you get as you get better and better, you kind of want to redraw things and yeah, um, update things. So yeah, it just kind of I don't know, it's kind of just like slowly built itself up. Yeah, it's really beautiful. I mean, your colors are stunning. Like, I really love your use of color. It's quite a limited colour palette, actually. Yeah. Um, was that a conscious decision? Yeah, I kind of wanted to use, like, um, the same kind of colours. Um, yeah, I just didn't want to, like, to. I didn't want it to look too too different, like, the pages being too, like... You know, it really benefits. It really works as a set um, because of the limited colour palette, I think. I think it was, if it was over garish and everyone was quite different, I don't think it had the same appeal um, as an individual work, you know? I think it's really cool. So, do you uh, are you into like comics and artist books? Yeah, totally. Um, I think I blame it on Tank Girl. I think Tank Girl. I can see yeah. the. You're not the only person who said that. Miss Led also is influenced by Jamie Hewlett's work and Tank just, Girl, and I can see the same influences actually. Like, it's literally the first um, the first comic book I ever bought, mm. and uh, it changed it changed everything. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I remember getting a copy of it and thinking like this is amazing and um, it really inspired me to like because he's quite he, I think Jamie Hewlett is quite kind of shows his personality through it it's kind of oh massively there's such know. attitude to each of the characters yeah I would so, say the same thing of yours you know there's a real personality in each of these tribe hunters yeah I was kind of really inspired by it to do the same things like you know yeah yeah I can totally see this working you know with the narrative as an actual comic be interesting to watch that space and see if, uh, yeah, totally. but it's, it's um, I think before I kind of when I kind of decided to do a book, I didn't want to just draw random images. I kind of wrote a story for it. And then that kind of helped me to draw the rest of the book. Mm. Um, because I kind of knew what the, char- what the characters were doing. Yeah. Give um, you the essential parameters. Yeah, exactly. So it kind of gives you a guideline of what you need to draw and what's left to do. And, yeah. You know. Some of the locations in here are fantastic as well. Did you, is that from imagination or did you seek reference for those? Um, I'll... Yeah, it's kind of like a mix and match. It's like I would have an idea of what I wanted to look like, and then yeah. I'll come across like an image on Pinterest of like a jungle or something. I'd be like, "That's perfect. That's exactly where I, I want it to be." Yeah, yeah. Um, and I kind of use that as a starting point. Right, that's really cool. And you, um, so I mean, putting a book together, I think it's one of those things that everyone's got an idea for a book. I've had so many over time. And obviously I released one that's more of an autobiographical book, but actually I've never done a a sort of artist book. Um, How did you start about, you know, going about producing that and actually physically putting the thing together? I I know you did a a crowdsourcing campaign. Yeah. How did you find that? Um, 
when I had the when I had the book um, almost finished, um, a friend of mine was like, "You should do a Kickstarter," and I had no idea what how how it would work. Um, but researching through researching and kind of understanding what how how it would go, I thought, "Oh, this is a brilliant idea." Mm. Um, I could almost do like um, T-shirts and posters as well as the book. Yeah, um, and it turned out to be a great idea, and it was good way to promote it as well and to kind of have it floating around yeah in different places that's really cool and so did you did you manage to raise the money to get it printed um, yeah it's yeah. kind of like i never really wanted it to be i never really wanted it to be about the money i kind of wanted it to be like because um, obviously you get some um kickstarters that are kind of like you have to raise lots of money and then it kind of starts to become about the money yeah um so i thought to myself it's fine just like give me 800 pounds and then i'll probably just like you know, like use it to print t-shirts or something, um, and it just ended up raising double. And I was like, "This is this is incredible." Yeah, you know. Well, it's I think it's great. I think there's a real support out there at the moment um, for people who want to see these talented, creative people producing their own their own things. And it, and that you know, we're fortunate, I guess, in in a lot of ways now that we're in, we don't have to rely on big publishers, publishers uh, and and the bigger machine to sort of put to churn out these ideas, and 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 often at a compromise too. Certainly, creatively. Um, I feel it's good to it's good to understand the process as well. It's like obviously, yeah. if you go straight to a publisher, there's so so many things that go on that you might not necessarily uh, be aware. I mean, not like understand, but I think through putting my own book together, I kind of I can sort of understand what they go through. Mm. You know, and I, I know the possibilities, and I know like yeah, all that stuff. So. It's really, really, really cool. Did so? Did, did you, would you say your um, "I Love Dust" work was uh, useful in terms of? I imagine you would have learned, you know, things like printing techniques, the color, you know, the, the cool. color. There's a lot of things to think about with the book, you know. I mean, the, mm. the, it's a very strong, colorful book, and you know, if you get the wrong color profile yeah, for printing, just... we all know the minefield that that <laughs> brings about. So. Yeah, it's just um, <laughs> yeah. There's um, that's the thing. That's the good thing about "I Love Dust" is like there's different people that specialize in different things. So there's always someone you can talk to. If you mm. want to know something, yeah, um, and yeah, it was the great support. I think in contacts and getting the right printer. And yeah, you can almost come across the book on the shelf and be like, "Who printed this?" And yeah, what's their email and stuff? And it's pretty good for that. That's really cool. And who did print the book in the end? Uh, All Paul Print, uh, printing company in Bath. Okay, All Paul. Really, really good. Yeah, All Paul. Yeah, cool. Really, really good company. I'll keep them in mind because I'd certainly love to do a book. With the project I was telling you about with Andy Cotterill and the music oh, yeah. one, we certainly got ideas to um, to look at uh, the yeah, way we can produce book. that in a book. Yeah, because you know every one of the people we have in that project are a cult figure, and we would like to chat to the sort of the fan of each of those mm-hmm. artists, and you know sort of do the lettering of the quotes of you know why they've you know what resonates from that person, and awesome. I think it's crying out to be an artist book. Mm-hmm. There's so many. I mean, do you, do you do you shop in Magma? Do you go to Magma? Uh, no, I don't. It's mainly like Amazon and like yeah. random shops in London. Yeah, I'm I'm literally the worst. I could check out Magma books. There, uh, there's one in Covent Garden. I think there's one in Clerkenwell. Yeah, I think there's one. In I've probably been in it, but it's just you probably would have. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they're fantastic. They're, they're, it's just a mecca for design magazines and artist books and this kind of stuff. I've got my book now in a couple of their branches. Um, you should try and get some stock. I don't know if that's a route you want to go down, but it's, it's a, yeah, this would be perfect on the shelf in Magma. But then I used to go to the one in Manchester when I was studying in Preston. I used to jump on the train and I could spend the whole afternoon in there just looking through all the sort of design porn. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and there were so many cool books. Like, and I came, do you know Tom Gold? I came across Tom Gold's work. Uh, he's a, he does artist books all the time and he does these sort of comic books, really obscure stories. There's one called Guardians <laughs> of the Kingdom and it's just these two guys in the middle of nowhere guarding a huge fort that's never going to be un- under attack. And it's just like, you know, they're doing their wash load and sat out naked while it's trying and having a little conversation. And they, But the humour in there is perfect and Tom Gold's just nailed it on the artist book front and, you know, he sells well in Magma. He's just done a US book tour for his recent book that came out and he's part of a collective. And I find it fascinating that... That these people are coming up with these amazing ideas that, you know, I just love finding out where these ideas have come from and what their backgrounds are and, and the fact that this is now on the shelves. And I think we're fortunate, you know, and especially in a city like London where have got so much choice for cool book and magazine shops where you can go and find these little gems. Oh, totally. I think it's great. I'm like yeah. a kid in a candy store in like a bookshop. Like, yeah. I'm terrible. I'm literally just like. Yeah, I think a lot of us are. <laughs> it's creative. Fools. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's, it's, I don't know. It's one of those situations where 
if I ever won the lottery, I'd probably just buy a truck and just like go to the bookshop and just yeah. <laughs> how much? For oh the god, shop. yeah. I mean, my bookshop <laughs> is pretty bare in here, but I'd love to just load that up and, yeah. and have all these things just, going on. Just give me the whole shop. Yeah. So where can where can people pick up your book? Um, it's sold out in a minute. In a minute so, oh wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, but I'm I've been kind of like considering doing a reprint. Yeah. I'm kind of like trying to decide whether I want to do it or not. Yeah. Um, but I don't know, worst case scenario, I'll probably bring out another book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that isn't even worse. But it's, just... it's, it's going to be quite sought after. It's <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Well, uh, if, if, if listeners get a chance, uh, do go and check out Tribe Hunters on Kingsley's website and, and give him the demands to do a reprint. I, I think he deserves it. <laughs> Thanks. Really cool stuff. So, are you stick around in Portsmouth, or what's the what's the plan next um, after right now? I kind of just want like a bit of a change, I feel, because obviously I know Portsmouth really well now. But um, I always feel like really inspired when I go to different places, especially Italy. I try mm. to go back like every year or two. Um, it's just like a different environment, like different people, and like you never know where inspiration comes from. Like, especially me with me it just hits me out of nowhere it's just like I, I could see someone wearing a specific scarf with like a pattern in it I'm like that's, that's really cool like yeah. it's giving me an idea for something else yeah and I think with travel as well I think and not just travel but just I think if you're just open and your eyes are open when you're out and about the subconscious is constantly taking in yeah. visual stimulus and um, and I think you just don't know where that's going to or how that's going to regurgitate in, in however long, you know, and those those seemingly random ideas when they just sort of spring out of the back of your mind, I think they've been stored up from somewhere and I think that's why it's healthy to get out of your comfort zone and force change. Mm. So, you know, I totally, I think it's a good move when you feel like you've hit, not necessarily a ceiling in a place, but actually you've, you've done that place. Yeah, exactly. I think it's good to move sometimes or at least to seek travel to other places and, and yeah, keep, I like doing keep that, that keeps going me, it keeps my mind fresh it almost keeps me like learning mm. things um, I mean I've been Portsmouth since the beginning of uni so yeah kind of like it's easy it's easy to get comfortable and just like yeah all that. I did the same thing with Preston and moving to Manchester mm. you know transformed everything and yeah I, I'll be excited to see what, what becomes of that yeah so okay for the last bit I'm going to do the shark in the tank section where I ask my guests it seems to change every episode but I now have finally settled on asking a guest to give me something it could be right now or it could be an all-time thing uh-huh. something in the creative world anything at all uh, a theme a book anything there's uh, something that you like dislike something you know something that gets you out of bed in the morning and something that's a bugbear that kind of thing the reason i ask that is the, the damien hurst shark in the tank piece that is very uh, loved and hated so i, I, I kind of asked someone to provide me with one a bit of a marmite thing and just you know it could be anything at all something fun throw away whatever just it's an open book, really, but I'm just going to so something, um, okay, so something that I like mm. and it's something that I dislike. Mm. Yeah, it can just be right now or an all, you know, something that you've always loved or hated. Hmm. <laughs> I think at the moment, uh, could it be anything? Absolutely anything, Any, yeah. Absolutely anything. Um, at the moment, I'm appreciating really good TV shows. Yeah. Um, the way things are shot, and obviously, as an illustrator, you capture moments. Um, so yeah I just find myself kind of watching different TV shows and the way like a, sh- a scene is shot and the angle of things and I'm like oh something like that could be a cool poster yeah like, the way like the angle is and um, recently I did a um, piece for an, um, Back to the Future exhibition so I kind of went back to watch all the films and I was like I saw like a specific scene when the car was in the air um, with the thunder and it was like a p- piece of like um uh, it's kind of like a party banner mm. um, hanging from it and I was like oh that would be really cool for a poster so I, fi- I think at the moment I'm really kind of intrigued with scenes movie scenes and like the way they're shot um, one thing I dislike uh, how busy London Liverpool Street is <laughs> I feel like <laughs> that's a great answer good answer <laughs> Well, it's been a pleasure, Kingsley, and thanks for your time. Uh, and where can, lastly, where can people check out your work? Uh, it's kingsleyinabecci.co.uk cool. or on instagram.com slash kingsleyinabecci. Brilliant. Thank you. Thank you. Just the story of Kingsley moving from Italy, it's the kind of story you imagine now. You think back to how, how hard school was anyway, in terms of just getting on with such a 
crazy range of people and fitting in. But coming over from another country and not speaking the language fluently, wow. I hope you found that as motivating as I did chatting to him. Um, can't wait to catch up with him again soon. He's now um, now based in London. I think he's moved on from the Portsmouth scene um, for a new challenge. And, of course, like you said, go and check out all, all his work uh, on his official website, kingsleetinabetchi.co.uk. Just a brilliant, brilliant illustrator and designer. So go and check it out. Follow him on social media. Lovely character. Lovely guy. Really, really nice fella to be around. And doing some really exciting work moving forward. So thanks again to my sponsors, heartinternet.co.uk, illustrationweb.com, that's Illustration Limited, for illustration, animation, and lovely, lovely ink. And last but not least, printed.com, uh, doing an ever-increasingly great job of, uh, of you know, putting the show out there, sharing it, supporting the creative industries. Uh, excited to tell you that soon we're, we're going to have a little column going on. I'm going to start writing a column about freelance lifestyle, freelance tips and advice, in the creative industries with printed.com, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, again, you know, we wanted to build that relationship and take it forward, so that's coming up soon. I'm going to be doing a talk at uh, the London Design Festival coming up soon as well on, you know, why we abandon play when we get into sort of teenage years and how school trains out of you when you've been taught to be creative as a kid and how clinging to that and retaining that can really bring you dream clients. So that's coming up. That's going to be on Sunday, the 18th of September. Uh, the Oxo Tower. So keep an eye on my social media. I will send out further details of that moving forward. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, linked up with Designers Block for that. And I'm also doing a talk at the VA Museum with Art Thread. That's going to be on Friday, the 23rd of September. So busy times. I'm getting quite involved with the old LDF this year. So look out for that stuff. Thanks as ever, guys, for tuning in. Let me know your thoughts at Arrest or Mimics on the Twitter. Um, Hopefully going to hear some more feedback on this show and your thoughts on Kingsley and uh, all previous episodes and who you want to hear moving up. Delighted to say next week we've got round two of Misled coming up. Yes, the most popular guest so far. She's coming back to tell us about an amazing year. So until then, cheers as ever for checking in.